We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Musicians and singers this morning, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Best day of the week, right? Best day of the week. And it's not because you get to see me. It's the best day of the week because we can be together, together as as one body, worshiping our Heavenly Father together in unison, unified. Nothing, nothing greater than that other than him himself, his presence. Amen. So this is Sunday, October the 17th. This is the third Sunday of the month. Yes. The third Sunday of this month. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about unity, right? What's, what's the title of the series? Out of many, one. Okay. Out of many, one, right? Out of many, there comes one. You can't spell community without, you got that. You may be thinking, why? What does this have to do with us? Why does he keep have, Why does he keep talking about this? Well, I, I was actually I had I had other direction I wanted to go today, and and at the beginning of the week, I had in prayer, God just said, "No, we're going to do this one more time. One more time." I I I felt like I had it all covered. I felt like I had talked about it enough. How I many you know when you start feeling that you've done enough, God says, no, I need you need to be listening to me, not yourself, right? You can get in trouble when you start doing things on your own. Today, I want to finish up. I know that this is, this is the last <clears throat> of this because next weekend is pastor appreciation, and I, they're not letting me preach. So you're not going to, unless the, the guest speaker is going to talk about this, then uh, uh, this is the last you'll get of it. And then after that, after that, after next Sunday, then we're starting our Thanksgiving series. And I'm super pumped about that. Super pumped. But if you were here last Sunday night, last Sunday night was awesome. It was amazing. And I, I gave a little insight of what we were going to be talking about on 
uh, during our Thanksgiving series at the table. And uh, it is going to be, uh, I, I believe it's going to be a life-changing not, the, not because I'm preaching it, because it's because God's Word, God has something for us as a church body, and uh, it's, it's all in what we let at our table. So you want to be a part of that. But you can't have community without unity, and, and I'm, I'm, you're, going to, you're going to never forget those phrases. You're never going to forget community. You can't spell community without unity. All these things out of many, one. You're not going to forget these. These have all been ingrained in your brain over the last few weeks. Every time you're going to see community, you're going to think of unity. You may be thinking, why is this so important? Why is unity so important? What is so important about unity? Well, today, I'm going to drop it in your lap. The bottom line is this. If we can't have unity within our own church, within the church world, we will never have unity within our community. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to tie all this together within the community of our own family, our own home. How many of you know that unity in your own home is very important? It's vital, right? If there's not unity in your house, then it is a messed up house. There's arguing, there's fussing, there's fighting, there's all these things that happen when there's no unity under your roof. If we can't have unity in our homes, we can't have unity in our church, we will never have unity in our own community. Our goal every day is to share the love of Jesus, is to be Jesus in front of those that have never possibly heard of who he is. Let me just tell you like this, you will never be influential. You will never be able to be an effective witness. You will never be able to share Jesus with the lost if there's not unity taking place. It's not going to happen. Let's face it. One thing that we know for sure and that we have, you can, I, I don't watch the news. I don't, most time it's, it's, it's second hand when it comes to me about things that are happening in our in our world uh, but all I need to focus on in my life and for my family is that I know that the most important thing that I need to be focused on is that Jesus is coming soon everything else is just white noise because if I can't focus if I'm focused more on the things of the world rather than my relationship with Christ and how I'm leading my family in that then I'm losing the whole part or the whole point of unity. The goal, the main theme is that Jesus is coming soon. And if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then I'm leading people to Christ, not some dark road of something that may be happening. We can't keep going in this direction. Let's talk about unity in our own families today. Let's talk about family. Let's talk about serving. All these things point to, all these things have everything in common. And today, I'm going to prove it through the Word of God. 
If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to begin reading in verse 9. When you get there, would you stand for the reading of the word this morning? Colossians 3 and verse 9, then we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 19. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. If you're there, say amen. Word of God says, do not lie to one another. How many of you like liars? Let's just, does anybody like a liar? Does anybody have any use for a liar? No. It says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. How many believe people can change? Do we change? How do we change? We change by the power of God, right? That's the only way. You, I've seen it. You've seen it. People can come down to an altar of prayer, or they can be a, 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 just a jerk and then get a relationship with Christ, and then they can completely change. It's not because of anything that they did other than being obedient, going and finding an altar and accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. Christ does the changing. You don't change them. I can't change them, but God does. It says, and having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there's not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. This is us. This is what Christians, he's describing Christians. If you're a Christian, say amen. All right, then we can, we can say this is about you. God's chosen one. I'm a chosen one. Are you? Just a few of you. I'm a chosen one. It says holy and beloved. Oh, pastor, you can't put that word on me. I'm not holy. We may not be holy, but we strive to be holy. Did I lose you? Are you with me? Yeah, I know it's hard, right? It's hard to be that in the world that we live in today, but we should be holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kind, humble, meek, and patient. Well, I don't like that. Verse 13 says, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, don't talk to them about them on Facebook. No, it doesn't say that. It says, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. That's a hard pill to swallow. If Christ can forgive, we should be able to forgive. And it says, so also you must forgive. Verse 14, and above all these, I love this part, put on love. I don't know how many times I have, I have heard this reference, having love for one another, loving one another. It's, it's, it's one thing to say, I love you. Uh, you know, it's just something that we've gotten accustomed to saying, you know, um, I do it all the time. If I send a text to somebody or if I'm talking to somebody, hey, man, I love you. Doesn't, don't we all do that? But do we mean it? 
do we mean do we have have we allowed that one word to become so just informal but it's the it's the root of everything it is everything that it uh, above all these the greatest commandment is love is love and it says above all these put on love which binds everything together it's the cement it's the glue that binds everything together love love and let the peace or I'll, it says and and everything to get, it binds everything together in perfect harmony verse 15 and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts in which indeed you were called in one body. And then it says, and be thankful. And be thankful. I'm thankful this morning for you. I'm thankful that we get to do this together. I'm thankful that Sundays I get to see you. And I'm thankful that throughout the week, I, I might get to see some of you. And if I see you somewhere, I try to honk my horn or wave at you or send you a text or do something. I want you to know that I'm thankful for you. Now turn over with me to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to read a verse that you've heard it in different contexts and it's this is what it's intended for, but I believe there's, un, there's an underlying element of this verse that applies to us. It says in verse 6, so they were no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Out of many, one. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we ask that you would just open our hearts, our minds to hear what you have for us today. To know that you have spoken to us and are speaking to us in this moment. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted a big amen. Amen. You may be seated. Unity within the church happens when people of the church view one another as family. And we act on that belief. When one family hurts, we all hurt. When one family member is sick, we reach out to them. We think we, with, with all the talk of, of unity and thinking about how 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 we could better be unified within the church over these last few weeks. Have you thought, have you had any thought of how you or your family could better serve? Better serve the church, better serve your families, your neighbors, those that are around you. Even if we think about it, if we think about it at home, at home, if there's not unity, it is a it's, it's just a mess, right? 
I mean, in your own home, there's somebody that takes out the trash. There's someone that cooks. There's someone that cleans. There's someone that does laundry. There's someone that all these things happen, right? Everything happens. And if it doesn't happen, what happens? Mom and dad usually get up, end up into it over dad, usually dad not doing his part. In, in our home, in our home, I do probably the majority of the cooking. And some would say, why? You, the man shouldn't be the cook in the house. I like to cook. So I do it. Not that Susan can't cook because she can. I love to cook. I do it. I do the laundry. Why would you? Why would the man do? I mean, we have this. There's this. There's this thought that men shouldn't have to do that. I do it. I know other guys that do it. And there was a point in our life that that I did everything. Let me. I'm, I'm saying that, but I'm, I've got a story for that. Okay. You seen when I said that she looked right at me, right? I don't clean. I don't clean. Susan does the cleaning. I help. She helps cook. She helps do laundry. All that. I'm not saying that it's it's in stone that I do it. I do it and nobody else does does it. I didn't do anything until my hand was forced. And it wasn't a threat that I'm going to leave you if you don't start doing something around the house. What happened was this, that when we, when we left the United States and went to the mission field, we got to Costa Rica, and it was a very stressful situation, being thrown out, not speaking a language, and they say, okay, here's where you go to the grocery store, Here, there's a Burger King across the street, here's your taxi, you know, here's how you get a taxi, and here's the slip of paper with the address if you want to get to the school. And in, in Costa Rica, there was no street ad, street names. So our home address was 25 meters north of the cemetery in San Pedro. That was our address. In Spanish, it's 25 metros norte al cementerio de San Pedro. And we didn't speak Spanish. But after getting there, oh, after just a few weeks, Susan got sick. Spent five days, a whole week in the hospital. Again, not speaking Spanish. Had two kids that were in school. We were supposed to be in Spanish classes. Instead, we're in the hospital. Do not speak the language. And after she got home, she continued to stay sick. And even after moving, after a year there, and even after getting to Ecuador, she continued to get sicker. She lost down below 100 pounds. She was dying before my very eyes. She couldn't eat anything. She was sick. And I've come to the realization I'm fixing to lose my wife. I learned how to do laundry. I learned how to, to cook. I learned how to cook out of, out of stress. I learned it was a stress reliever when we were in Costa Rica. 
I was also running five to seven miles a day to relieve stress. But I learned to love them both. I learned to do laundry. I, I learned to, to clean. I had to because she couldn't physically do it. So out of necessity, I took on the roles and I found that I loved doing something. But if I would have left it all up to her, her being sick, none of this would have happened. We would have never had clean clothes. We would have never had anything to eat. Our house would have been a dump. There is a role for every person, every person, everything in our homes have things that need to be done. It's the same thing within our church, and our church will not and would not function without those roles being filled. Can you imagine showing up to church on Sunday morning without a worship team? Can you imagine showing up to church and the pastor's not here, all the doors are locked and the lights are out? How would, you, how would you like to show up to church and there's no electricity because we didn't pay our bills? All of these things, I mean, we take for granted so many things. Uh, just for example, we have, we have Skip that sits behind the computer each Sunday. Nobody ever sees him up there. Some of you may not even know who Skip is. Skip, stand up and wave at everybody. Everybody turn around and wave at Skip. That's Skip. He's the only one that knows how to work that computer besides Susan. And Skip's not here. Susan feels that. We show up each Sunday, or McKenzie knows how to do it too. I don't know how to do it, so don't. I know how to turn it on and do a Wednesday night service skip. But how would we, how would we feel we, when we show up and there's no words on the screen? There's no words. We, we've got, we put out songbooks for Sunday night. I mean, all these things, things happen. Things take place within our church that, that nobody, Vince sits behind the, the soundboard every Sunday. He's the only one. We have, a, we have an iPad that, that McKenzie and I use that we have down here that if, if we hear something different down here, we can adjust it as well. All these things. If, if, but if there's a role that if you like some of this stuff, come see me, right? We need, we, need, we need more musicians. We, I mean, this morning, we had a new singer. Did you notice that? Amen. Amen. Eli, somebody willing to stand and sing doesn't have to be in there. I mean, come on. There has to be unity within the house of God in order for things to happen and take place. Saying all that, that ain't even in my notes. That's free. All that to say this, today, before you leave, I want you to ask yourself, God, where can I serve more? I feel like sometimes we can get in the routine of, I know for me, I just get in the routine of Sundays. I get here between 7 and 7.30. I go through. I unlock all the doors. I turn on the lights. I set, you know, I get the, the air or the heat set, set like I think it's should be. I turn on the sound system, and there are Sundays 
that I get here later, I get here and I get focused on something else, and then Mackenzie comes in and she comes in right after me and she comes through and does everything. We, we, I, I try to sanitize the sanctuary. I've got a, a fogger that I plug up and I, I fog everything so everybody's can, we can do our part for everybody to stay healthy. All these things, you might be asking, how can I serve a little more? You see, unity happens when the priorities of everyone is pointing in the same direction. If we want church to be good, then we have to bring ourselves and our mind in the right state of mind, frame of mind. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6, the scripture that we read, Christians uh, reminds Christians that whatever God has joined, that we shouldn't allow anyone to separate it. I know it's got to do with marriage, but the underlying element that I wanted to talk about is this. It's the ministry within the churches. Unity in the church and unity in the individual families, they're linked. It's all linked together. Someone once wrote this, and I tried to find who wrote it, but it said, God has designed for your family and ministry so that God has designed for your family and ministry so that the faithfulness in the family enhances the faithfulness in the church. And the faithfulness in the church enhances the faithfulness in your family. When I say that, I, I thought it is. I, I asked Stacy if I could if I could pick on them a little morning, a little this morning. Bradley and Stacy, and this is just one. I know there are others that do this, but this one I Every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, they have worship practice at 8.15. Bradley and Stacy Taylor, they have three small kids. Every Sunday morning, they live in Russellville. They're here at 8.15 to ready to practice. They get up early, earlier. They get their kids ready. They get here, and she's the only one that's partaking of anything. They're, they're, their kids are here. Bradley's here, and and all these things. And but one thing that I that really sticks out at me that Bradley working for the Forest Service. There are times within the year that he's off out west fighting fire, and and it would be very easy for Stacy to either be late or not come at all. She's by herself at home. She's got three kids. Now, everybody's going to be watching, Stacey, if you're here when Bradley's gone. But she is here with those kids at 8.15 to practice. She's here in the afternoons at 4.15 to practice. She's at every function that we have, whether it's a connect group or, or something we've got going on at the fellowship hall, she's here with those kids on time. There may be times, I'm not, I'm not saying she's punctual, but for the most part, she is. There's unity in that house. There's no other way around it. There's unity that's taking place. Priorities are in line and in check with them. Again, I'm not. I'm singling them out because that was the one that God just dropped on my heart. There are others that do that type of stuff as well. But see, your family, your personal family, is supposed to be the model for the church family. 
Those kids are never going to forget. You can hear on, on a Sunday afternoon or even on a Sunday morning, you can hear those kids running through the hall, and they're playing hide-and-go-seek. They'll never forget those days. I'm just being, they'll, they'll, that, that ain't nothing spiritual about it. It don't matter. Those kids are looking forward to getting to church. They don't, they don't, they're not, look, they're not looking with dread. They're looking with excitement because they know that something fun is going to happen in the house of God. Are you coming with that anticipation that something fun is going to happen in the house of God? Your personal family is supposed to be the model for your church family. If I asked you this question, how many of us believe that families are important? How many of you would respond yes? 100%. As Christians, we're supposed to teach that family is important. Right? Families are important. As a Christian, we're supposed to teach that. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 states this, but if anyone, I want you to listen to this, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a pretty strong statement. That ain't me. That's the word. The importance of family, if you have not provided for your relatives and especially the members of your house, you have denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. So the scripture is very, very point blank, the importance of your personal family. But then Jesus replies in Matthew 12, verses 45, 46 through 50, that if anyone who does the will of God is Jesus' brother, his sister, and his mother. So he's talking about the church family. Would you agree? I, 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 need, I need yeses or amens or something. Do you agree? If, if 1 Timothy's talking about your personal family, then Matthew, what, what, what's being said here, is talking about the church family. That we're all one. That if we do the will of the Father, then Jesus' is brother, sister, and mother. So which is more important? Which is more important, the church family or your personal family? Trick question. Which is more important? You may be thinking, man, this is not the type of sermon that I wanted to hear on Sunday morning. This should be something different. If you're thinking that, maybe God's trying to speak to you. The importance of family. We are family. In order for us to achieve what God has asked us or is asking of us, then we have to be in one mind, in one accord, with one mission, in one vision, is to reach the law. And in order for us to be effective in reaching those that are lost and without God, then we have to view each other as one family. We do. Say, well, I just started coming. Well, welcome to the family. There's a sign in the foyer right there that says, welcome to the family. Go take your picture. And if you want, if you want a family picture, we'll all gather around you today and we'll get a selfie together. 
I'm serious. I'm serious. And if you say, you don't know me, in the seat back in front of you, there is a connect card. If you have never filled one of those out, take time to fill that out and drop it in the box in the foyer on your way out. Please. We want you to be a part of the family. We want you to feel like you're a part of our family. But so which is important? Which is more important, the family or the church family? I read an article I, on Wednesday nights. I, I, I talk a lot about this. It's a site called Christianity Today, and I, I, I read a lot of articles out of there. And I ran across this article written by a guy by the name of Joseph, Joseph Hellerman. And he, he writes an article about this topic. Most people prioritize their own family over their church family. I've been guilty of that. He points out that in many Western Christians, how, how that many Western Christians separate loyalty to God and loyalty to God's family. As if you can be loyal to God, but not be loyal to other believers. He quotes a third century theologian. That's a long time ago. By a guy named Cyprian of Carthage. And he writes this. And this, this will knock the breath right out of you. It says, he who does not have the church for his mother cannot have God for his father. In other words, you can't have God without the church, and you can't have the church without God. According to Ephesians chapter 2, 18 and 19, the church is the household of God. And you can go, and you can look that, and you can find it. It's exactly what it says. He's the Father. The church is God's household. When you, come, when you, go, when you go home for the holidays, where do you go? Somebody, somebody tell me. Mom and dad, you go to their home. When you, when you say that to somebody, they know where you're going, right? That's mom and dad's house. When you say, I'm going to church, that's God's house. It's God's household. He's the father. Boy, y'all are shouting good this morning. I know, I know this is good stuff, ain't it? Come on. You see, the human family is, uh, the human family, our personal family is meant to be the small model of how the family of God should work. As Christians, we are called to treat each other as everyone is a brother and a sister. I mean, it's not, that's not just, well, that's just the way we grew up. Everybody was brother, this, sister, this. I still do that. It's a sign. It's a show of respect, right? Now, I know it sounds weird when somebody says Brother Shannon or, or Brother, nobody ever says Brother Pruitt. It's just one of those things. It's pastor or even just Shannon, and that doesn't bother me at all. I promise. I promise. But when I was growing up, it's, it's Sister Jemima and Brother H. It's Brother and Sister Conley, right? That was the way I was, I was, I was raised. It's, it's Brother and Sister Bull. And I know things have changed over generations, and I get it. That's the way the world evolved, right? 
But it's a sign of, it started from, that's my brother in Christ. That's my sister in Christ. We are in the same family. What do you call your siblings? My sister calls me Bub, has always called me Bub. I've always called her sis. What do you call, it's brother this or sister this. It's, it's always because you're the same family. It's the same thing that has happened within the house of God. There are other cultures that in the world that, that may not implement the brother and the sister. I know in the Ecuadorian culture, in a different setting or a different, whole different culture, it is, it is in the, within the church, it is hermano, hermana, brother or sister. But you get outside the church, and it's Tio and Tia, aunt and uncle. They're not, they're not related by blood, but they are still showing a sign of respect as we are a family. It's an indigenous culture. They, are, they view themselves as a family as a whole. It's Tio and Tia. They may not even have ever met this person, but it's a show of respect. Some families live together. When, when in Ecuador, it's something that we learned in, in some parts of the, of the country, when a family, uh, for example, we had, we had some good friends, their, their parent, his parents, his parents had this piece of property within Quito, and Quito is the capital, a very big city, and he had this, it's not a very big piece of land right in the middle of town. And they had a little apartment there. And, and when their kids got married, they built on top of their house. And then when another kid got married, they built another house on top of that. They, go, they went straight up. And they had like four houses on top of one. They are meant, that's the culture is, you live with us, you live beside us or with us or even in the house with them. It's part of their culture. Some break out of that culture and do something different. When we became missionaries, our kids became nieces and nephews of every missionary family within the assemblies of God. And they were to refer to their, the older, the, our older missionaries as uncle and aunt. It's a part of the culture. All these things are different. But if you see that the personal family is meant to be the model of the church, and this changes the perspective of what the church is actually supposed to look like. Now, how many of us, we put more emphasis on our personal family than we do our church family? Think about it. And if, our, if, if priorities are right and everything's right at home, then we're, if it's supposed to be the perfect model for the church and what the church is actually supposed to look like, people, you may be sitting here scratching your head, why, where is he going with all of this? Why is this so important? Been a part of a baby dedication. If you've been a part of a, ba of a baby dedication, you know that, that, that we are presenting that child back to God as a gift that he has given, but we're giving it back to God saying, okay, God, whatever you have for this child, Lord, that we're going to, we want to be a part of it. We're going to help, we're going to help this family. We're going to be there for them, right? Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that what we do? I'm going to, I'm going to be there for this child. 
when mom and dad maybe can't or or if if there's something they need to talk about and they need to talk about somebody else, I'm going to be there. As a pastor, I would be that. I'm going to be that. The importance of, of baby dedications, and if you haven't dedicated your child, doesn't matter how old they are, then you need to make that happen because we want to be a part of raising your kids. You say, no, not me. I done raised mine. I'm gone. I'm done. Right? But in all sincerity, we are all examples to those kids. They watch and they see how you worship. They watch and they see how you enter into the presence of God. Do you come to the altar? Do you sit in your seat? Because they're going to do what you do. And if they have a pastor that doesn't worship, then they're going to think, why in the world should I worship if the pastor is not worshiping? The importance of being a role model, the importance of, of being the model for our church family and our kids in today's time, in the world that we live in, it's never been more important. Not that it was less important yesterday, but it is very important today because you know what? When we leave here and we go home and if we turn the TV on or if we turn the radio on, all the junk of the world is going to steal our kids' time. And it's done in an act of self-relinquishing control. I don't know if that's the right word. We do it automatically. We do it automatically. We go in, we know that today there's Sunday football. It's going to be on TV. What's the harm in football? Nothing's harm in football, but what about the commercials? I mean, it's, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, I have a TV in my home, okay? I'm not trying to get on a high horse here. I'm just, I'm just being real. Something's going to steal the time from our kids, from us. You know, I, I got, every Sunday I get, a, I get a notification that tells me how much screen time I've had on my phone, on my computer, on my iPad, all this stuff. I get a, I get a notification. You know what it said the last two weeks? which is a lie, 24 hours a day. How is that possible? Susan said, did you leave it turned on? I said, no. But it made me think that something is registering there that, is take, that seems to be taking all of my time. If I was glued to a screen for 24 hours a day, I wouldn't probably be a walking zombie this morning, not being talking out of my head, making no sense at all. All because of something, a glitch in the computer, a glitch in technology. You can't rely on that stuff. But the one thing that we can rely on is God, Jesus, being the example of Jesus in the community around us and loving him and loving them through him. Community, unity. Does, all the, does, does this all connect? Are you, are you connecting with me? The importance, there's nothing more than, I, I want nothing more than to see your family happy in church, loving Jesus, 
and flourishing. Nothing more. Nothing more. And all of this can happen when there's unity in the home, there's unity in the church, there's unity within our own community. We cannot forget that the ultimate purpose of the church is not to serve you, or let me, let me rephrase that. That, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Not to serve you, but for us to serve the church, for us to serve God. Let me, let me, let me, re, let me say that again. That way it's not confusing because I confuse myself. We forget that the ultimate purpose of the church is not to serve them, but that the families are meant to serve the family of God at first. Serving brings unity because we're all invested in each other. I don't know how much sweat, tears, because there were some tears, I cried over it. The swing over the playground equipment. The sweat, the tears, and I even I even busted a knuckle. There was some blood. But the unity the, that brought this together, and it's still not complete. We still got to put the monkey bars. This has been a crazy week. But it's at a point where the kids can play on it. But what would have happened if I would have just took that on myself and tried to do it all by myself? I'll tell you, it would have still been in the box. And those of you that, I know Terry and Sherry went up one afternoon and worked on it. Kenny uh, Watkins went up, and I know Steve, and, and, and there were several that, that did some things by themselves. John Mosley was there. I mean, it took more than one person to even accomplish one thing. Unity has to come together. There's something, there's a bond that takes place. It's not just for adults. It's not just for those who are outgoing. Everyone who is a member of the church is called to serve in some fashion, some ability that God has given you. I believe, I know that every one of you has a talent. You do. Look at the person on your left and say, you are blessed with a talent. Now tell them, I don't know exactly what it is, but God does. God does. There are some things that I wish I could do. I wish I could sing. I wish I could play an instrument. I wish all of these things. I have a banjo in my office that I pick up and, and try to practice on, but I'm still nowhere near playing a song. I can listen to it and act like I'm doing it, but it's not happening. Right? For example, if you're sitting out here and you can play a piano, we need a piano player. If you're out here and you can you can play the drums, I know we've got drummers, we got keyboard players, we got I know Pastor McKenzie, this is her personal keyboard. She's more comfortable behind the keyboard than she is the piano. She's never been on a praise team until you got to here, right? Never been on a praise team. Now she's playing the keyboards and singing in the microphone. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know she can sing. Using your talents. You have a talent. If you need somewhere, you come to me. Come to see me. Say, hey, Pastor Shannon, I, I can do this. All right. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. 
make it happen. There's something supernatural that happens and takes place when we're all unified and going in the same direction. Paul writes in Romans, and I'm fixing to close. Pastor McKenzie, if you want to come and play your keyboard. And you can walk right up here on the stage if you want to. Come on. It's Pastor Appreciation Month. Let's give her a hand. See, we love you. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12. The rest of our team, if you can come come up and just time to single her out. In Romans chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, Paul writes this. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. I want to read that again. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be lazy in your excitement. Fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. If you go on down two more verses in verse 13, it says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. What's that got to do with it? Contribute to the needs of the saints. You may or may not know what somebody is going through. But if we do know, then we are to contribute to the needs of the saints. Show them that we care. For example, this week, seems like I've been everywhere this week. But Friday, Friday, you know, Perch had surgery. He's doing good. I haven't heard from him this morning, but the hospitals aren't letting anybody in but one person. If they leave, then they can't come back to the next day. So Susan and I, we went down Friday, and I called him. You know, I've been in contact with him all week or since Thursday when he had his surgery, and we went down knowing that we couldn't go in. But there's something, something special about somebody showing up. And I'm not patting myself on the back. Don't take this that way. Just an example. Knowing that there's nothing that we could do inside. We couldn't even sit with her during the surgery. We couldn't be there as a normal pastor as it used to be. We showed up and... And trying to get answers out. Hey, what can we do for you? What can we bring you? What can my sister, you know, everybody's done everything. We showed up, gave them a card, gave them a gift card, gave Perch some gum. Just to show we got you. Just to show that we love you. Knowing that just those few moments, and I, and, I, and I took time and I prayed with her right there at the front door of the heart hospital in Little Rock. That's not much. 
But if I can do that, and I was the representative of us all, so when I went, we all went. It's because of your giving. It's because of your unity that we can do things like that. See, it's not just all on me. What about those days when you can do something? And I'm not saying get in your truck and go to Little Rock today. That's not what I'm saying. But what about your neighbor? What about the person that's sitting in this section and the persons that are sitting in this section and this section? On the way home, we even stopped and took dinner to a family, part of our church. We just went by Chick-fil-A and grabbed some chicken nugs and took them to their house. Why? Because we love them. Because of community. Because we wanted them to know that we love them and we're praying for them. These are just examples of some things that happen throughout the week. Why does this all matter? Why does this matter? What is, what is the existence or the purpose behind any of this? Because when you are in that moment, when you need somebody in your corner, you can go to the bank that we've got your back. That that person sitting beside you or that sits with you in Sunday school or that person that's part of your, your connect group, your men's group. How many times have we talked about this, Uncle Terry, Bradley, all you guys that come? It's about being, Kenny, it's about being there when somebody needs you. That's unity, and you don't know what's going on unless you're a part of it. Unless you're a part of it. Jesus is coming soon. Am I saying that you got to do all this to go to heaven? No, but I'm saying this, this is the will of the Father. This is Scripture. I proved it. The importance of church family is just as important as your own personal family. It's important. And when your family members are sick, if I don't feel good, I've got somebody in the house that takes care of me. If your kids are sick, they know that mom and dad is there, right? What is, what is the thing that happens most when, when kids get sick? I want my mom. I want my dad, right? If it's the same thing that applies to our church family, there's nothing more uplifting to know that I've got a brother and sister in Christ, the ones that I go to church with that are there for me and they love me and they're praying for me. Not that we would say, I just want brother so-and-so to come see me. Not that, but when they show up, means a lot, doesn't it? Means a lot. There are things that fall through the cracks and I don't get notified of and 
until it's too late. Because we're all in this together. We need each other. I need you. I'll just be honest with you. I need you. I need you on Sundays. I need you on Mondays and Tuesdays. And whenever there's a bad day and a good day, all those days, I need you. I'm not saying I need, I need saying, oh, man, you're the best pastor in the world. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, pastor, there's a family that's sick. Did you think about this family? And now those situations have happened because I didn't or I forgot. I need you. We need each other. They're linked. They're linked. We're all connected. How can this be important? If we are united together, and if the main purpose of us being united is to tell the love and the story of Jesus Christ to a dying world. What happens if what happens if today's the last day of your life? What happens if today Jesus returns and brings us, takes us home? What happens? What happens if everything that you've done up to this point? Is there somebody on this side that has a that's done you wrong or somebody on this side you've done somebody? I mean, I'm not saying that it's happened, but what happens if there's no unity in your life and it's all because of one crazy little thing? Scripture's all been said. I need to go back and read it. Go back and read Colossians. There's no such thing as a non-serving member of the body. No such thing. Smash your thumb, try to button a shirt. Can't do it. I need that thumb. We need each other. Serving one another is more than just being a part of a team. Although, though, although they're all serving in the areas. There's a purpose. But serving sometimes means going outside of your friend group or your family group. Because the main goal is to share the love of Jesus Christ. Greet people when they walk in. You know, there's a statistic that says that 26 86% of the people that walk through your front doors for the first time in your church make it. No, here we go. Nine out of 10 people that walk through your doors on a Sunday morning within 26 seconds have determined that they are either going to stay or leave. First impression. More than, if greetings are important, cleaning teams are important. None of this happens if we're not unified. Unity in the house.
You want unity in your home? God wants unity in his house. Would you stand with me all over this place this morning? This morning, I want you to you think about, and I'm not, I'm not, I hope, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. This has not been a sermon to, uh, for a plea for help. This, this is not what it's coming from. But it's for a better understanding of what our purpose is within the family of God. You have a purpose. Don't fall into the routine of just saying, well, it's Sunday, it's time to go to church. So I can hear the word and lift my hands. This sermon, this message, this word from God is that we would be challenged to step into a role and it may be out of our comfort zone but it's to fulfill the call of God on our life because you have a call you have a call it may not be to stand behind a pulpit and preach a message but it could be to play an instrument sing a song teach a class greet people at the door and the list could go on and on. You have a role. You have a role. Unity in your home. Unity in the house of God. If you just exist in your own home, home life, not fun. Don't fall into that trap within the house. Every head bowed, every eyes closed real quick. this question you're here this morning you say pastor everything you've talked about there's some things that are going on and within my own home I need help with God's speaking to you today if that's you would you lift your hand up right back down there's hands going up all over you say pastor there's not unity there hasn't been unity and I want to be a part of the solution within my own home that were lifted. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to be a part of something in our church. There's something that I feel like I have to do. There's something that I want to do. I want to be used by God. If that's you, would you lift your hand? There's a hand. Amen, there's a hand. Anybody else? You say, Pastor, I've sat back too long. Too long, I've, I've just existed. I want to be a part of this family. Today, today, I'm going to make that change. Back you, stick your hand up. Come on, there's a hand, there's a hand. Most important question of all, you say, Pastor, I want to be a part of the family of God. And I've never made that decision publicly today. I want to give my life to Christ. 
that you, if that's you, would you slip your hand up? I want to pray with you this morning. Anybody today? Amen. There were hands that were lifted. We're going to pray as they sing this song. I give myself away. As we sing this song, I want you to stretch your hands toward heaven. And I want you to just say, God, I give you myself. I give you my all. I want to be a part of something bigger in the house of God so I can be something bigger within my own home. I could be all that you want me to be. We're going to pray while they sing this song. Would you stretch your hands toward heaven? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father.